I'm happy to share my story if it means saving other dogs' lives. Listening to the Believe in Dog podcast. I'm your host and resident dog mom, Erin Scott. If you consider your dog a family member, then this podcast is for you. Let's celebrate the love and connection we have with our dogs. Not only can a dog be your best friend, but I believe a dog can be a healer, a teacher, and an inspiration. This is a place for us to connect in the joy of loving our dogs, and also a place where you know you're not alone in the difficult times or in the sadness of missing a dog that was an important part of your life. I can't wait to share with you stories of how the love of a dog is changing our lives and changing the world. This is Believe in Dog. Welcome to episode 41 of the Believe in Dog podcast. I'm your host, Erin Scott, and thank you so much for being here today. Our guest today is Poenid Sunpan from Dog Ride Certified, and it's not an exaggeration for me to say that the information in today's episode might just save your dog's life. This episode is brought to you by the Hugs and Belly Rubs Dog Health Journal. One of the most stressful times for me as a dog mom has been when my dogs have been sick. I've had dogs with cancer, with allergies, with mystery illnesses that we haven't been able to get a diagnosis for yet. With the Dog Health Journal, you can schedule your dog's daily meals, medications, supplements, track their appetite, water intake, and even poops. You can record their daily activities and note any changes in their physical appearance, such as lumps and bumps, or their routine. Since our dogs can't talk, it's our job as pet parents to listen to what they're telling us through their behavior and body language. With the Dog Health Journal, you can keep all the information you need to let your veterinarian know all in one place. With the Dog Health Journal bundle, you get your daily pages, you get your vet visit pages, you get a free 23-page ebook of the 12 changes in your dog to never ignore. And you also get tons of dog mom life hacks and general tips for keeping your dog as healthy as possible. So make sure you check the link in the show notes to hugsandbellyrubs.com for the Dog Health Journal. Your dog and your vet will thank you. I am someone who spends a lot of time and money and effort and research into caring for my dog's health and wellness. I research about what foods I want them to eat. I spent a lot of time choosing a veterinarian, and I'm actually going to be going to the Healthy Dog Expo in Albany, New York next week. In fact, make sure you follow along at Believe in Dog Podcast on Instagram, and I'll be sharing some of my photos from the trip. But I spend a lot of time and effort into keeping my dogs healthy. But it wasn't until I heard Poena's story, and you can call her P for short, that I was missing a super obvious way to keep my dogs safe, which is in the car. I've talked before and I've shared a lot of photos on social media that Penny, my dog, loves car rides. It is her favorite thing in the whole entire world. I have tons and tons of pictures of her with her head out the window. And that's probably not the safest choice for her. 
And I learned so many things from hearing P's story about why this is important to her and also some tactical takeaway tips about choosing the right products to keep your dog safe in the car because we've talked before that not a lot of things are regulated in the pet industry and when you hear what she has to say about how certain products are marketed, it might blow your mind with anger as it did mine. But when you hear this episode, you are going to learn how to choose the safest products for your dog, how to get your dog used to those products, and everything you could possibly need to know about dog seatbelt safety. I'm so excited for you to hear from Poena Sunpan of Dog Ride Certified. So we are here today with Poena Sunpan of Dog Ride Certified. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I heard about you on the internet a couple years ago, and you have stuck in my head <laughs> ever since then with your story. And it's so important. And I, even though there is a sad part to it, I'm looking forward to sharing your message with my audience. So I'm always curious, did you grow up with animals? Did you have, were you always a dog lover? What did that look like for you? I did not have any dogs growing up, but I always asked my mom for a dog every year of my life. (laughs) Um, My friends had dogs, and I just wanted to play with them all the time. And so um, the second I got my own place, I ended up getting a dog. And that's how everything started for me. And so who was your first dog? It was Piper. Okay. Yeah. And so how did Piper come to you? I found her on online. Um, I didn't know anything about dogs, so I'm just, I'm searching out, where can I find a dog? And I found her from a, from a breeder and I went to pick her up and this little chocolate lab is just sprinting around the backyard (laughs) and I just like fell in love with her right away and brought her home and learned a lot about puppyhood. (laughs) So how old was she? She was four months. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So yes, puffy, puffy. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, a lot for a first-time dog owner to take on, huh? Mm, yeah. But, you know, she she just taught me, she taught me everything. She was very forgiving with me and was just so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. And so what was your life like with Piper? We were always out and about. Always out. Um, we would just hop in the car and go for hikes and go swimming and explore new towns. We would go swimming at um, this pool every single Saturday and it was her favorite thing in the world. Um, she'd be like crying all the way there. She knew the like the route to the pool and it was just, it was great. We were just always, always traveling. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you want to talk about what happened with Piper? Yeah, so in 2017, um, we were on our way to the park, and um, a teenager lost control of his car and slammed right into us. Um, So Piper um, was thrown into the back of my seat. She broke her back and was paralyzed, and I was stuck in the front seat behind my seatbelt. Um, and I was and hearing her cry. So I, I learned really quickly that day that a seatbelt saved my life, but my dog, like my very best friend in the whole world, she didn't have anything to protect her at all. Um, and so I had to say goodbye to her that night. Thank yeah. you for sharing that with us. I feel like that's every dog owner's worst nightmare possible. It was just an ordinary day. Right. And... 
And it wasn't even your fault, like through no yeah. fault of your own. This yeah. happened. And mm. I, I've thought a lot about the em- emotional journey that that must have been for you. And, you know, like, like a PTSD kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I really commend you for having the strength to talk about it now because not everybody would. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can imagine, you know, what an emotional journey that has been over these last few years. I feel like I I want to talk about it because it will save other lives. You know, like I didn't know about dog seatbelts back then at all. Like my vision of having a dog was head out the window, ears flapping in the wind. That's what Piper loved to do. And I was like, this is great. She's so happy. And all I cared about was her happiness. But now that I know like that there are certified seatbelts, I'm like, whoa, like why aren't why aren't we talking about this? Why aren't we buckling up our dogs when we first get them? And so I I'm happy to share my story if it means saving other dogs' lives. And so what have you learned about dog seatbelt safety? Because when I started looking into this, I was really surprised mm-hmm. <laughs> about some of the things that, that I found. And so I'm curious how this journey started for you of, of learning about the proper dog seatbelts. Yeah. So after the crash, all I could really do was research dog seatbelts. And I came across Center for Pet Safety. And I learned that they do crash testing for the different products on the market. Um, and at the time, there were only four brands of dog seatbelts that have passed the crash testing by Center for Pet Safety. And I was like, that's crazy. Only four brands. I've never heard of them before. I've never seen them in the stores. And I mean, Piper and I were always in the store, like all the stores all the time. I'm like, I've never seen these. And so it's like, everyone needs to know about these. And um, we started up uh, Piper's Walk to raise awareness for dog seatbelt safety and really start people talking about it. And so just trying to you know, to share with people what those four brands are. Now there are six. So, what, five years later, now we have six brands, which is progress. Right. Um, just letting people know, like, um, what the safest product is for their dog out there. Because there's a lot of brands out there that that have failed the tests and will not work to protect your dog in a crash. And so you said that the brands that are certified mm-hmm. by the Center for Pet Safety, and I'll have a link to uh, this in the show notes for our audience, that they're not the ones that you see in the big box stores or even in the neighborhood stores. Is that right? I personally have not seen them in my local area, so I'm not sure about in other areas, but here I have not seen them. And that's concerning because there are a lot of products that are sold Mm -hmm. in the big box stores and in other stores for your pets as seatbelt and harness products, but those are not certified by the Center for Pet Safety and have not passed the appropriate crash tests. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking back when we had our our old girls, Lucy and Kalua, uh, you know, I was a first time dog owner and Lucy really liked being in the car. Kalua got to like it over the years. And uh, I remember th- having this thought, like, I have a seatbelt. They should have a seatbelt. You know, they got to, you know, they're getting jostled in the back seat, or if I have to stop real fast. And uh, so I 
went to one of, I'm sure, our local big box pet store and bought something that, you know, was supposed to be this harnessy type product. And I could never get it to fit properly anytime. Every time I thought I had it fit properly, she would get herself out of it. And there was one time where I'm driving and she got her like foot stuck and oh. was like yelping. Oh. And I've like pulled over on like the side of the road to uh, get her foot out of this knot that had been created. Oh. And I just kind of thought, honestly, like, oh, these things are junk. I'm just not going to use them anymore. And we're just going to take our chances. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit to you that even with Penny, who her favorite thing in the whole world is a car ride, we are not using any kind of products in the car because she loves having her head out the window and the wind in her ears, mm -hmm. and, you know, um, but there are definitely times where, you know, we're on the highway and have to make a quick stop or, you know, things like, like that have happened. And, and actually with my, with Lucy, when, uh, Lucy was really sick, uh, at the end of her, towards the end of her, our time together, she and I were in my old car and we were driving down this road, you know, two lane kind of back road and, a pickup truck was coming the other way and all of a sudden I realize that one of the tires on the pickup truck has come off of the pickup truck, oh. bounced in the, my side of the road and was flying right towards my windshield. Oh my and there's no place really for me to turn. There's no shoulder of the road. There was this big uh, like telephone pole coming up. So I couldn't really jerk off to the side. And I just had to really slam the brakes on. And so this tire <laughs> bashed into like the hood of my car, ended up totaling my car. And poor Lucy went like flying off the backseat of the car. And I was so worried about her and right. she was shook up and she had cancer. She was sick, you know, and I was horrified that this had happened. This guy was horrified because apparently he had like had the brakes done on his car and they hadn't like tightened the wheels back up, which is why oh. I mean, it's, I can still see that tire flying at our windshield yeah. when I close my eyes, you know, but yeah, I've definitely had these situations that have brought, should have brought this more to my attention, but I didn't know that there were products that were certified because the only ones I had ever encountered seemed kind of junky. Mm. And so I am really thankful for this knowledge now and I am making this commitment here on the podcast on the recording that I'm going to get the proper certified seatbelts for Penny and Nino and I'm hoping that with Nino maybe it'll help him feel more comfortable in the car and we might have yes, to get your help absolutely. on on some of these things. <laughs> <laughs> and so when did you officially start Dog Ride Certified? Well we started it as Piper's Walk for the first two years and then changed the name to Dogs Ride Certified afterwards. Okay. So, yeah. And so you were doing a, a walk like in a park? Well, it was at Fairhill Shopping Center in Olney. Um, it was just a little shopping center that Piper and I used to walk through all the time. So it just felt natural that we were going to have our event in this in this space. And so has the event grown over the years? Well, um, of course, COVID, I yes. know, has interrupted <laughs> some of these plans, I understand. <laughs> so, yes, um, it, it was it was growing. Um, and we're going to be back in person this year, hopefully. So <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Paul's um, crossed. <laughs> yes, definitely. So hopefully we'll we'll just continue to grow and spread awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like you said, this is such an important 
issue. And so, so one of the things that I had learned from your website is that just because a product is marketed as crash tested mm-hmm. does not mean that it passed the crash test. Is exactly. that correct? That's correct. How is this allowed? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's very concerning. And it really bothers me. It really gets to me because our dogs are our family. They're our best friends. And they deserve the best products. They deserve products that will protect them in a crash. You know, from from Piper's Walk, we had raised funds to sponsor some crash testing with Center for Pet Safety. And we did crash test some products. And I've seen the crash test dummy dogs fly off of the seat. And these products break. And it's and their advertised is crash tested. And it's it's not okay like that that happens. So if someone's looking for a product for their dog, they've just got to make sure that it's certified by Center for Pet Safety to ensure that they've got the safest thing for their dog out there. Because just because it says crash tested doesn't mean that it's safe unless it has that certified for uh, Center for Pet Safety right. certification. Mm-hmm. Okay. That blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and thank you for raising awareness about that because I did not know that. Can I add one more thing about that? Of course. Um, because Center for Pet Safety, they also have an advisory out against tethers. So um, the tethers, anything that connects from the dog's um, harness or collar to the, the seatbelt, and those have the potential to to cause um, extreme injury um, to the spine because of the way the dog is... Um, is clotheslined to it, so it's hard to like share over the the mic. But when your dog is in a crash, the the dog is launched forward and then pulled back by the spine where the tether mm. is, and so that's the the problem the with danger. the tethers, which are very popular right now. So that's why I wanted to share that because I've seen lots of dogs using tethers, and just want people to be really mindful of that. Okay, thank you for sharing yeah. that. So, how did you get involved with sponsoring these crash tests yourself? That's Sounds really amazing. Um, I just wanted to to make a difference. I just wanted to um, once I once I learned about what Center for Pet Safety was doing, and I saw the crash testing that they had already done. I was like, "There's still more products. Like we've got to just keep keep going." And I wanted to, you know, just test them all, <laughs> test all that we could. So. And so were you actually like there on site for this? Like, what was that whole process like? Oh, I learned so much. (laughs) I learned so much. I've never loved science more. (laughs) Um, Like, this is physics, right? I think I I almost failed physics. (laughs) I was so bored by science in high school. And then when I saw this, I was like, oh. Like now, this, I now I get it. Like this is important. Um, the diligence and the care that that team puts into their crash testing is incredible. Absolutely incredible. There are so many. There's so many little intricate things that go into the whole crash test process. And Lindsay from Center for Pet Safety, she actually developed the the standards, and she showed me like this big booklet of like. Every little detail, it's incredible. But the thing that just really blew my mind was watching the actual test happen. And nothing can really prepare you for watching for watching that. 
we have some of the the crash tests posted on our on our website, but like to see a dog flying across the room in person, not a not a real dog, a right, crash right, test right, dog right. <laughs> flying across the room like in real per- like in real life is just like it's just breathtaking. How can that how can that happen? Yeah, because the product didn't work, right? The product didn't work. And that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. it, to me it seems like it shouldn't be allowed to sell something that doesn't work and hasn't been proven yeah. to work. Uh, but you're saying it's happening all day, every day, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the standards, there's no, there's no set standard across the pet industry, you know, so. for anything, quite frankly, <laughs> I have talked to people about in the health realm, you know, about health products and eat food and even, even this. Yeah. So it might pass one kind of test, but it might not pass another test. And so, if it doesn't pass one, then I don't think it's safe. Right. Right. So. And so what are the conditions of the crash testing that you saw? Like, is there like, what is the speed? Do they test at different speeds? Uh, What is what did that look like? So it's um, 30 miles an hour. It's the same standard as child safety restraints. Okay. And they Center for Pet Safety has like a list of all of their um like requirements requirements yeah but they like they measure like how much a product is allowed to um to stretch in order for like a dog to still be like contained and um and safe in the car and just like a a lot of like little things like that yeah and so what can you tell us about the types of products that have been certified are these all harnesses are these kennels you know crates for your car what are the are there different types of products what can you tell us about the approved products Mm -hmm. so there's harnesses crates and carriers i call them all seat belts for simplicity's sake but there's only one one brand of harness that can that has passed the crash testing by center for pet safety and there's um a couple kennels and a few carriers yeah. And I saw the carriers, they, in my mind, they almost look like, I don't know, like a spaceship pod or something. <laughs> so that would be more for like a little dog. Right. Like I couldn't put Penny in that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, the the fit is super important because, you know, you want to make sure that your dog is secure in it, can't get out. And so for dogs 17 pounds and over, a- approximately, um, would be would fit into a harness and then for um, 17 pounds and smaller would probably be in a carrier. Okay. Um, but it's really about like the girth and like your dog's, your dog's size and breed and all of that. So for Penny, I'd be looking at a harness mm-hmm. and for Nino too, even though he's a little bigger guy, um, is there like a top level, you know, weight restriction or, you know, is there a certain, type of dog where a harness is inappropriate so these harnesses might not fit greyhounds and they're only tested up to one of them is up to 110 pounds and the other um, style of harness is up to i think it's 90 pounds and so if you have a dog that's like bigger than that or that's a greyhound what would be the best option for, for something like that uh so there is one kennel that's right up to 110 pounds and if you have a dog bigger than that, I would say if if your dog fits in the harness, then go for it because it's the safest product that's out there right now. And, you know, hopefully we have we have more products come out down the line that will be able to protect 
all breeds, all ranges. Yeah, all sizes. This has just been really interesting to me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I do know that you have gone on to bring another dog into your life, which is River. Is that right? And so tell us how River came into your life. River. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was at... The Best Friends Animal Society Sanctuary out in Utah. And I have always wanted to go there. I'm so gorgeous. jealous. <laughs> so gorgeous. Um, and I just needed a dog fix. It was about a year after after the crash. And I was just volunteering. And I decided to do the, the puppy class that day. And out comes running this little chocolate lab. This feisty little girl. She's just, she like ran over to like the wheelchair they had over there and started like jumping up on like the straps and spinning it in circles. I'm like, what is that dog doing? (laughs) And then I started bawling and I was like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Is this my dog? (laughs) No. And everyone was like, you're going to adopt that dog. And I was like, there's no way I'm not going home with a dog. And um, two weeks later, I was, I was there for two weeks, like in general. And the last day I just kind of strolled into into that same place and I was like all right um hand over the papers (laughs) and and now I have little river and so how old was river when you first met her Ooh, she was four months okay yeah and is that she also a chocolate lab she's a mix I think she's like a lab collie hound mix well her litter mates one looked like a collie one looked like a hound so I just kind of oh okay decided that's what she was <laughs> and she looks like a lab and so how old is she now uh she's three okay and does she love adventures she lives for adventures <laughs> that's what i always say about penny <laughs> she does she's um she's a lot she's nothing like piper at all because piper piper loved adventures but she um she was calm about it like she was like yeah this is great I'll do anything you want and go anywhere you want to go and River's like I'm going over there right now and you're coming with me (laughs) like she is the boss (laughs) so yeah she's not (laughs) and so I assume she has been raised with being in a proper harness from day one day one Mm -hmm. and so how like do most dogs find it easy to get used to it? Uh, what is the, your process for getting the dog used to the harness? Yeah, so training is so essential. Um, some dogs take to it right away, just put on the harness and buckle her up, and then you're done. But actually, for River, it wasn't that easy. I um, I put I well, given what happened to Piper, I was like, there's no way I'm giving you like any like leeway to get used to it. You have to wear it, which is not what people should do. <laughs> but because she did get tangled up in um, in the seatbelt and I had to pull over on the highway to like undo that. And she did have anxiety. And so I worked a lot with her on getting her used to wearing the seatbelt and just taking really short trips at a time and then building up to longer um, longer trips into different destinations and things like that. So the training piece is really essential for long-term success. So, yeah. And so what do you have any tips for, for a dog that's a little hesitant about this? Yeah. Um, so find your dog's favorite treats. <laughs> and I would start with just sprinkling the treats on and around the harness and then having your dog step into it. Uh, if you have a snuffle mat, do you know what a snuffle oh, mat mm-hmm. is? So it's like that mat with lots of fringe and you hide the treats in it. 
that's a great way to have your dog stand still long enough to get the harness on. Okay. Um, and then just have your dog walk around in it. You can use it as a walking harness too, which is really nice. Oh, okay. Um, and so walk around with that on, get in the car, and, you know, just really short, um, short like training sessions with it. And then take a ride like down the driveway or like just around the street and then build up to your favorite like destinations together. Those are really great tips. Yeah. And then I know you have you have an acronym Buckle up is a snap. Yeah. And so tell us what that means. Yep. So snap, S-N-A-P, um, S is slide the seatbelt through. So um, yeah, you just slide the seatbelt through the harness and not under the legs. Just always go over the back because that way your dog won't get like tangled up um, in the seatbelt. A is adjust. So you're going to adjust the seatbelt little by little because most people like to pull it out, pull out the seatbelt all the way um, first, but you don't want that. Um, the lax. The, yeah. You want the lax, actually. Oh, okay. You don't want it to, to lock up because when it retracts, then your dog can't move. Oh, okay. So you want your dog to still be able to move around in the car. So okay. you just adjust slowly and then P is push it in. Okay. So. Yeah. And you have some great videos about this, too. Yeah, we've got some videos to show that. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we'll definitely link to that in the show notes so everybody can see. And so you are doing so many different things to spread the awareness. So I've seen you do webinars. You have a magazine on your website. Of course, you do Piper's Walk. Um, you have Doggy Car Camp mm -hmm. for people who really need help getting their dog used to both the car and the seatbelt process. Yes. Mm -hmm. So tell us what that looks like. Doggy car camp. Um, I spend two weeks with a dog, an hour every day, and we just work on on the car anxiety or the overexcitement of the car and get used to the car ride. Yeah, it's it's been really nice to see um, the progress for a couple of the dogs that we've had in car camp. We had one dog who was just so nervous and wouldn't even step into the car. And um, by the end of our two weeks together, he was able to hop in the car. We were able to go for um, a ride down the block to the park. So oh. they, mom and dad were super excited about that. <laughs> and they were able to also take a trip down to grandma's house. And so I love being able to do car camp so that people can experience those adventures with their dogs, you know, like. They're our companions. We don't want to leave them home right. and want to take them everywhere with us. So I do doggy car camp because I want I want the dogs to be able to experience a, a comfortable ride in the car and to be able to experience going places with their with their people and exploring the world and everything. And so people so people can actually hire you to help them mm -hmm. get their dog. Uh, so I saw you do consults too. So if you want somebody to come, if you know somebody would love you to come out and help them get their dog fitted for a proper harness or mm -hmm. proper product, and then then if they need more training help, they can even hire you for the doggy car camp. Yes, that's very exciting. Anything to get dogs buckled up and riding safely. Like <laughs> I'm just happy to help anybody. You know. No, this is so so important just so 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 important and so is there anything specific that pet parents should know about selecting or fitting their product so I guess most important we want to look at like the weight and make sure we're getting the appropriate product and then 
uh, when the instructions come with these things, are they easy to follow or is it something that maybe they do need a little extra help or need a video on your website? I think the directions are easy to, they'll come with, um, with pictures. They're easy to follow, but if you need like a, a, like a visual for it, then there's videos on the, on the website to show you. But yeah, fitting your dog for a seatbelt, you just really got to make sure that it's the right, um, well, one that it fits your dog properly, um, but also that your dog is comfortable in it. Because if your dog's uncomfortable, the ride's not going to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And for long-term success, you just want to go slowly with that. So. so is there ever any time where it's okay for them to have their head out the window? <laughs> you know, I there will be people who will disagree with me on this, but dogs love it i, I think know. it's okay-ish <laughs> here's what I, I put the window down when we're when we're in like a safe place to do it so like if we're like um at the park and we're going like slowly I'm, i'll put the window down for river but if we're like driving through like a city with like construction and all that stuff then i have the windows up and i don't want her to have her head out the window with like debris Mm -hmm. flying and stuff like that so i think it's about using your judgment about where you are but let your dogs be dogs (laughs) but only they're buckled up because that way they're not able to jump out the window if they see something um that catches their attention and stuff like that okay so so they can still have their head out the window while they have the harness on well, they can they can still stand and and sit up, turn left and turn right. Um, I suppose they could um, get their like half their head and their okay. nose out the window. Okay. Yeah. Because I think she likes to catch the breeze. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I I do want to you know I do want to balance her safety, but also car rides are literally her favorite thing in the mm-hmm. entire world <laughs> yes so this is actually i has been something that's been in my head of like i want to balance these things for her but you know we do a lot of highway driving and, and that's mm-hmm. what really makes me so nervous and uh yeah like i said i'm making a commitment here that we're going to do the right thing and get the right products for them because this is very important and and we've had some scary close calls before so you know we're we're fortunate we've made it this long without any problems you know (laughs) and so what does the future hold for you and for dog ride certified Mm. uh you know just continuing to spread awareness and get dogs buckled up um getting people to come to piper's walk and and share share this information with other people that's the big thing is just we just need to tell tell our fellow dog people yeah. um, all about dog seatbelt safety and start start changing the way dogs travel in cars. Yeah, I think it's so, this has been so important for me that just because it says crash tested and just because it's sold at your local store does not mean that it's a safe product for your dog. And that was really eye-opening for me to learn. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your message. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thankful to P for sharing her story with us and teaching us everything we need to know about keeping our dogs safe in the car. I think it's something really special, a really special quality in a person when they're able to turn their personal tragedy into a purpose in life and they 
see that something bad happened and they're going to take action to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone ever again. I think of organizations like Mothers Against Drunk Driving or, or something like that. And I think that that's a really special quality in a person that not all of us possess. So I wanted to give an update on my process of obtaining dog ride certified seatbelts for Penny and Nino. So when I first went to the website to place an order, I realized that they were out of stock of a lot of the products. But the good news is that in the recent days and weeks, uh, more sizes and colors have come back in stock. So then I realized I needed to measure Penny and Nino's chest width. And I hadn't done that in a while, and I'm glad that I did because I I had some measurements, but they were probably a couple years old now from when I had bought some clothes and coats and things for them. So Penny's has actually uh, decreased in size a little bit because she has lost a few pounds and is at a healthier weight these days. So what I realized is that she is right in between the medium and large size for the sleepy pod harnesses. So when you go to P's website, dogridecertified.com, you will see the shop button. It's super easy to find. And you will see that there are car harnesses. And then there's the pods, which are more for smaller dogs up to 17 pounds. And then there's things that look kind of like a carrying case that are also for the smaller dogs. So once you get into having a dog that's I have two pit bulls. One is about 50 pounds. The other is about 75 pounds. You have two different options, which is the sport harness or the terrain harness. And so I wasn't sure what the difference is in these. So I actually sent an email to P asking for her to explain the difference. So what I learned is that the sport model is a little bit more lightweight, but that the good news is both the sport and terrain are certified by the Center for Pet Safety, so you can't really go wrong with either one from a safety perspective. She also said that both the sport and terrain work as walking harnesses, too. And she said that the sport is more lightweight, and it has loops that are prominent for the car's seatbelt to go through, and that it's nice if you need to grab a hold of your dog easily. The loops have reflective strips on them for in the dark, but the downside is that sometimes it can get confusing to adjust it and figure out how to put it on properly, but once you know, it's really simple. And she said with the Terrain product that this is a little bit heavier and bulkier, and it's actually made for a service dog in mind or for going on outdoorsy adventures. She said it's easy to put on, but a little bit harder to adjust the fit, but once it's adjusted, it stays in place really well. She said that it has Velcroed reflective strips, which you can actually change out to say something like give me space or therapy dog or whatever the strips are that you need to attach. And she said you can also get a backpack attachment for the terrain if you're going on a hike and you want your dog to carry their own things. And she said that some people love the sport, some love the terrain, and it's really just a matter of personal preference. But what I think I'm going to do, I've actually been setting up a time with P so that we can do a fitting for Penny so I can see whether the sport or the terrain medium fits her better because that's, I guess, really what I was most concerned about is I wanted to make sure we ordered the right size for her since fit is so important. And sometimes if you have a pit bull type dog or a dog with a broader chest, that's maybe like more out of proportion with the rest of their size, you you know the struggle of this. <laughs> and that's why our friend Aaron from the Pity Clothing episode had particularly went and started the Pity Clothing Company because pit bulls can be so wonky to try to fit into things. 
So I am going to keep you posted on my consult with P and on Penny's fitting. So make sure you're following Believe in Dog podcast on Facebook or on Instagram because I will share photos and video from my session with P. We kind of got thwarted by some scheduling and weather related issues because obviously we have to be outside and sometimes the Maryland weather for this time of year is uh, unpredictable at best and you might end up with a snowstorm even after it had been 60 degrees yesterday. But the good news is I ordered a sport large model for Nino and it should be here any day now. And again, I will be sharing photos and videos of that process on the Believe in Dog podcast, Facebook and Instagram. So you want to make sure to check the show notes for this episode. I'll have links to P's website, dogridecertified.com, and also to the Center for Pet Safety if you want to learn anything more about the process of choosing a seatbelt for your dog in the car. And she has all kinds of amazing videos to show you how to get your dog properly fitted and into the car in the safest manner. She really has a one-stop shop for all things dog car safety related. Before we wrap up for today, I wanted to take a quick moment to announce that the Believe in Dog podcast is a sponsor of the upcoming Paul Jacked Runway event in Baltimore. This is the event that April talked about in the previous episode. Uh, she is one of the models who will be walking down the runway with an adoptable dog or cat from the Baltimore Animal Rescue and Care Shelter known as Barks here in Baltimore. Tickets are now on sale for Project Runway, which will be taking place on Friday, April 29th at the Pier 6 Pavilion in Baltimore, which is a covered but outdoor venue. And make sure you keep listening to the Believe in Dog podcast because I'm going to have a very special giveaway coming up for tickets to this event. We'll have details in the next episode. So make sure you are following Believe in Dog Podcast on Facebook or Believe in Dog Podcast with underscores on Instagram. Make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast app so you won't miss the next episode. And until next time, this is Erin Scott sending you hugs and belly rubs. Podcast is a production of Hugs and Belly Rubs, LLC.